Top Friday, baby, better than yesterday. Let's get it. We're brought to you today by Super 73. If you know me, you know I'm always on my Super 73. Super 73 is an American lifestyle adventure brand based in Orange County, California that develops products to help fuse motorcycle heritage with youth culture. They are the original in the electric motorbike. Founded in 2016, Super 73 has quickly grown into one of the most recognizable electric vehicle brands in the world with a passionate customer base including A-list celebrities, professional athletes, and many more including yours truly. Head to the link in the bio to go and get a discount on your first Super 73. I love my bike. I just bought Laura one. She loves her new bike. And I just love sharing the community and the passion behind the brand with others. Go check them out and let me know what you think when you get your first bike. Welcome to Tank Top Friday. Join us each week as we dive deep into topics like goal setting, self-improvement, and personal growth. I'm Clint Stroman, and on the show today, Anthony Reynolds exploring his acting experiences, the intricacies of his artistic process, and the captivating stories he's brought to life on the big screen. We'll uncover the inspiration behind his stunning artwork, discuss his screenwriting adventures, and gain valuable insights into the entertainment industry. There is sure to be some thought-provoking conversation, laughter, and perhaps a few surprises along the way. Tank Top Friday is not only about personal development, but also a window into the creative soul where we celebrate the passion, dedication, and unique perspectives of talented individuals like Anthony Reynolds. So whether you're an aspiring artist, a film enthusiast, or simply a curious listener, this episode is sure to leave you inspired and motivated. Anthony, welcome in. I'm so happy to have you here. I consider you one of my mentors, a very intelligent individual when it comes to the world that we are both a part of as working actors and creatives. And I can't express how excited I am to have I mean, you. You give me too much credit, man, but thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for having me. And my goal is to um, use the introduction to hype, hype up, uh, you know, that week's guest as much as, as much as I possibly can. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so how's, uh, how's life been? How's life been down in, in Wilmington and, and, uh, and, and work-wise as, as outside of the, the writer's strike right now? Yeah, there's... <laughs> Uh, virtually nothing going on right now. Uh, a couple of films here and there, and I think there's a couple of TV shows that have episodes written that are uh, getting ready to start production. But uh, for me, since January, it has been deathly slow uh, because the producers knew that these uh, these writers and actors and directors and IOTC negotiations were looming in the near future. And uh, I think a lot of them have been hedge their bets by not going into production on shows for fear everything be shut down as they would be right now. So uh, I think it's going to bust wide open once these, uh, these uh, negotiations come through and hopefully the, the producers will play, play fair and give us what we need uh, a living wage uh, across the board. And the only way we're going to get there is by having all the unions uh, stand shoulder to shoulder and uh, demand some change. Yeah, I um I I feel almost exactly the same as as you just said in in as far as pay is concerned and and you know just just how things are things are ran and I think I don't I think that there comes a point where where 
there has to be some sort of change or at least some, t some sort of tweaking in, in the big picture of things. Um, you know, the fact that it comes down to a, a strike situation and all that is, you know, sometimes things like that happen. I know that it happens in the industry, um, you know, quite often every, every, what would you say? Five to 10 years 10, or 15, something like that. Usually. 10, yeah. 15, yeah. Um, you know, when, when studio executives are handing out 800 million in bonuses to the executives, to themselves, and those of us who are quote unquote, the worker bees, the directors, the actors, the writers, the, the crew, and we're not seeing any, um, benefits like they're seeing, not that I need millions of dollars. I just want a fair living wage for the work I do. And it, it seems like every time we turn around, there's some new contract that even cuts us down the further down the knee to accept a, a lower pay rate. And, you know, yeah, we do get residuals. We do get some quote unquote royalties, but you know, sometimes those are 17 cents and sometimes they have a comment, but it's the, the, the comma ones are more rare than not. Um, so I just want, want to be paid a fair share. Yeah. Yeah. For the, for the work I do, cause it's us creatives that are putting this content together and putting it out there um, and, and working these long hours and you got studio execs and they sit around and make decisions. They're not there on set doing what we do. Yeah. I, um, I, th and, and there is so, it's so much, uh, it's so much deeper than, than some people think, oh, yeah. you know? oh, you know, there is so much that comes from, us doing what we do, you know, people finding inspiration through, through what they may, may watch or what they may listen mm -hmm. to, um, or what they may see as far as, you know, actual art is concerned and, um, you know, just helping others, just doing it for, for so many reasons outside of just, I'm in front of a camera. Um, so with your most recent your most recent production that you were on that is that is out um was was what uh the last show i did was uh i did a top of show guest star on fbi most wanted uh shot in new york um back in october and december it actually aired in december and it's it reran once since the strike's been going on judge right uh, yes i was a judge i was a judge on that one yeah i, I not a not a good judge. I was a I was I was the most wanted of the episode. So that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, I, just an incredible crew, incredible cast. Everybody took great care of me in New York, and uh, it was just an absolute pleasure to work on that show. Had a blast. I can't say all shows are like that, but that one was really good. Yeah, they they and that and and that's totally refreshing for you. I'm sure. Oh, it is. As well as I mean. I I go to work with the best intentions every time, and you know, not everybody may have a good personality, or be you know, they may have a a sick kid at home, or a, a cat died, or you know, you name it, and they may not be their best version of themselves. But I uh, I try to have grace with everybody, and uh, you know, I I don't always have the best of days, but you know, you got to suck it up, Buttercup, and put that smile on and do what you got to do to, to get through it. And I just try to be a light wherever I go. And I just, it was reciprocated there on that show and everybody was lovely and great. And I didn't have the first issue. Yeah. I find that, um, 
I find that when you're when you have an experience like that on set, and even if it's something small, like for me lately, a lot of commercial mm-hmm. stuff, but but just being there, networking with folks, no matter where it may be, it could be New York, it could be Charlotte, it could be Atlanta, um, and it and just being able, like you said, to like have that light within you, and and even if someone is having a bad time, if something's going on with them, um, and and they're their mental attitude just isn't there. I think you're, you're similar to me in ways where you can flex and, and, and still, still probably help that person out in a way that they didn't even know. And it's refreshing to me when I'm on set and you're and and everything goes good and everybody's in a great mood and you're like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, let's, let's get, yeah, let's get it done. I mean, uh, you know, and our days are long, you know, on sets and a lot of people don't think about that. And, well, you poor actors, you only, you work 14 hour days, 15 hour days. Yeah, we do that. But it's when we're working, it's, you know, we, I sh- did this episode. We had a 10 day shoot initially and went back for four days of reshoots. Um, and those are a lot, they can be long days and some days you don't, you're not there the whole day, but you know, some days you are, and we, we dealt with weather and, you know, everybody just, you know, weather happens and you gotta have a plan B and, you know, it just, it went great. And, you know, like I said, this is, they're in their fourth season. They're a, a well-oiled machine. So they, you know, they, they know how to get it done. And it was just, it was easy. You walk into a show like that where it's, you know, a machine and you just jump right in as a cog and keep on keeping on. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you had some time to, or I hope you had some time to, to mill around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. city and, and link up with some i'm sure you have quite a few friends there as i do well. i do and i got to go to my alma mater and i got to see some of the, the, my former instructors from back in the day and i'm surprised they're still teaching but they are and i got to speak to a couple classes up there which i love doing um and it's just uh it's always refreshing to get back to the city that's uh, where i trained for the most part and Loved living in the city for four years. I, you know, in my fifties now, I don't think I could live in the city again. But hey, I mean, if I got a, if I got a job up there, I'd go to go to do it for a long term if I needed to. So, yeah, I, um, I as far as New York City is concerned, I actually like had a my first visit ever with uh with Laura and um and I said to myself, "There's no, there is no way that I could live here." Like. <laughs> live here live here live here like i just i appreciate when we got home it just made me appreciate where where we're at yeah. and you know everything about it, it uh, you know it just even cost of living and everything thrown in there but like you said if i ever were to get something where i needed to be there for for work i, I would love to have a short period yeah. there because the energy is unmatched you can't you know you, you can't beat the energy of Absolutely, but as Dorothy said in The Wizard of Oz, there's no place like home. <laughs> that is so 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 true. <laughs> but while we're on that topic, um, I wanted I wanted to ask you something that that kind of came to mind, and it um, it it I wanted to I want to know because I've I've never asked you asked you this question. What is to you one of one of, or if you already have it at the top of your mind, the most accomplished that you have felt in a role, um, in your entire lifetime as an actor. Oh, you know, you have those, 
those moments where you get to set and you show up and you do the deal and it's not much different than stuff you've done in the past. You know, I think I had, I've had a couple of those where, um, I felt like I had set the bar. I'd reached a plateau, not a plateau, but I'd reached a new point in my career. I think one of those was back when I did this little movie called Cell. Um, it was a Stephen King movie. And I got to work with opposite Sam Jackson and John Cusack. Um, and that was probably one of the bigger roles I'd had to that point in my career. And um, the movie kind of tanked. Um, I think there were some post-production problems, but it was finally released after a year or two and a couple of years, I think. And, you know, fortunately, all of my all of my footage stayed in the film. I was very pleased about that. All my scenes stayed in and. You know, I just felt really good about that project, um, whether it was commercially successful successful or not. Um, I got to do what I got to do, and I I got to play a really interesting kind of kooky character that I was told that I would play earlier on in my career and never never had gotten that opportunity. And it was kind of out of the, the my my typical wheelhouse of playing, you know, your federal agent or your law enforcement. I was playing a bit of a kook. In that one, and I was told by a coach in LA many years ago. She goes, "You know, you are you're going to play those John Malkovich kind of roles sometime." And I was like, "Oh, really?" I never even thought of that. And then I ended up playing this guy Ray Heisinga in Cell, and so that was a that was a that was a good one. And then, you know, honestly, most recently, you know, doing this FBI Most Wanted, um, you know, it's getting into this guest star realm of, in television is always exciting, and I feel like it's a tear up from you know, what the Southeast has to offer that often, honestly, because the Southeast is kind of a destination location uh, for filming and, you know, it's cheaper and than LA or New York or Vancouver or whatever. And, you know, for us actors that are regionally based, um, it's, it becomes a, a bit of a co-star heaven down here. If you really want to build up your co-stars and, and I did that for many years, I was very successful and I was very blessed to get a lot of those kind of roles, but now, you know, I didn't come this far just to get this far. That's my attitude. And I just had to step away from those roles and go toward the bigger stuff, which I've been trained to do in New York and LA. And, and now I'm, I'm getting to see those and I have representation in Los Angeles and New York. So, um, I'm getting seen more in those markets a lot more than I, I was in the past several years. Yeah, there comes a point where you have to. I'm kind of there right now, a couple levels below you, but uh, I realize that one, it will not happen overnight. Two, if you don't put in the work personally, nothing will happen. And three, you have to constantly have the mindset of looking to evolve as an actor as an artist and and just creative yeah you got to be a student of life i mean that's just i i just finished a class a six-week class with a renowned but um industry pro i'm getting ready to start another one later this month um and you know i I figured I've, i've felt this sense of you know stagnant uh, stagnation, if that's even a word. I, you know, I just felt like I kind of plateaued and 
felt like I need, needed to do something for my craft and for my career. And I hadn't taken a class in probably 10 years or more. And I did my research. I found this guy and, you know, I learned amazing things that I was like, how the heck did I not know that already? You know? Um, but it's really impacted my career in a very positive way. And, you know, it's, um, when you find the, the good stuff, you, you go, go get more of it. Got to get some more from this guy, uh, starting in middle of the month. So, um, but yeah, you gotta, you always gotta be growing and, you know, and, you know, I think I've got probably somewhat of a, you know, delusional sense of self. That's, you know, kind of a drive to overcome a bunch of negative crap from my, my childhood and my past. And, you know, I mean, you know, we all made stupid choices, especially in your, in my young adult years. And nobody's accountable for that, except for me. I have to own that. I have to own those decisions, good or bad or ugly. And there was definitely a lot of ugly, but evolution as an individual, that's all on me and God. I mean, no one is going to do anything for me. People don't care about your problems. They, they're there to cheer you on when things are good. But in this career, which I chose, you know, there's, it's not, it's not always easy. It's, you know, there's some dark and difficult times when you don't know when you get in your next job, you know, oh, yeah. and it's not for the weak at all. It takes a strong constitution and drive. And like I said earlier, it's almost a delusional sense of self. You know, you got to achieve and overcome or fall flat on your face. And I have to have control over what I do. And I have to own that. I got to be prepared always. Yeah. I think that, um, I, I'm really getting to a point where, you have to own your mistakes and learn from them. Like, and not just say that as a cliche, you have to, you have to find a way to learn and create something positive yeah. from your mistakes. And even if they're big mistakes, which I have had, um, in my late twenties, I had some big mistakes that, that went down and, um, and I have had a lot of time, but it has, it has 100% made me stronger as an individual. It has made my, it has made my drive, uh, towards, towards my career, towards being a father. Now, just that much more like leveled up. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. You got to learn from those, you know, those mistakes and, you know, those, you know, we, as, a, as actors, you know, nine times out of 10, you get no feedback. You get nobody guiding you. Just like, did I do it right? Was I close to being on point? Was I on point, or was I just the wrong, you know, race, or was I, you know, too muscular to have too many tattoos? What, what? You, we don't get any of that. So it's like shooting in the dark, you know. But you got to learn some, you know, when you do get those those moments where you you learn a lesson, you gotta you gotta learn from them and move on and not do that again. Yeah, you were mentioning. Um on that other note of, of constantly learning and, and the fact that you are, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling stagnant. It's time to take some classes. It's time to, you know, you, you know, get going when it, you're never too old for that. You're never too experienced. You never you know, everything involving that. And it, it, uh, reminded me of a, I took a class, um, through a colleague in Charlotte and, um, there was an actress on there and she has been, it was an odd, it was an auditioning class, you know, nothing too, nothing too crazy, but you know, just a good way to get on zoom during COVID. And, 
and um, practice auditioning and, and practice scene work, you know, with others. And I did my scene with her name is uh, Lisa Lociccia, and she um, she has been on General Hospital for like twenty plus wow. years. But she said she said all I do my I live and breathe studying their super long scripts, which I had no idea yeah. about. I didn't even think about how long their scripts are and how how quick their turnaround is for filming certain scenes and episodes and, and everything involving that. And she was like, I, I don't really know how to audition <laughs> remote because, <laughs> because I don't ever have to do it. So she was, she wanted to, you know, learn more about it. And, and she was looking to, you know, kind of change her, her traje trajectory in a way if she could. And, um, I did my scene with her and she, she's, it was really cool. I was like, Whoa, I had no clue that I was going to get a chance yeah. to do this. And, you, you know, those kind of people you can, if, if you're not learning craft-wise, you learn business. And, you know, this is it's called show business. I tell people that show is four letters and business is eight. If you don't get your business down, you're not going to get your show down. You know, you're not going to, if you don't figure out this business, go, yeah, you can be the most creative and most talented person in the world, but it's a business you got to run to and you got to have all your ducks in a row and have some common sense when it comes to business and, and pursuing this. Yeah, I I um I find the more prepared that you are, the easier it's going to be for you, and the more it will it will allow you to focus on the creative part and everything involving that character and everything involving you know hundred percent, hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Um. I um. Yeah, I find I find that not only with acting but with um, everything going on in our personal lives everything going on with your, with, um, you know, your physical and your mental health. It is so important to, like I said, keep that mindset of, and it, sometimes I have to remind myself and I'm sure that you, you do as well. I mean, we're all human where it's like, all right, I've been, like you said, I've been feeling stagnant. It's time to, time to do something different, change the course a little bit yep. here and, 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 and get it going. Cause then that, and like you said, being on, being on set for, for your most recent production, um, you know, where it just kind of lights that fire again. And I mean, the fire's always there, but it re it, you know, it puts a couple more logs mm -hmm. on the fire and you're like, all right, cool. Always a very yep. good feeling. Um, so when you are in a, a point like you're in right now, um, where you, things have been a little bit slow since January and it's insane that well, no, it's just nuts. I just said that to somebody yesterday. I was like, I cannot believe it's June already. Like, what's going? Like, I feel like somebody put a fast forward, uh, you know, little something or other on two thousand. Sure. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So, so what are some things that keep you that you use other than you know taking classes and things like that 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 keep you in that mindset of constantly evolving when you're in a, a in a in a time like right now. I'm just not the kind of person that can sit still and do nothing. I can't wait for it. I got to be making, I got to be creating. And I think a lot of, yeah, I'm just, I've been a lifelong creative. Uh, I just produced a photo shoot a couple of weeks ago for a photographer you shot with, Todd Hauser. We we had a couple shoots down here recently. Um, I, I work with him. I'm, I've also got a screenplay that's being shopped right now. Um, it was just a can this past uh couple of weeks and I'm working with the producers on that. So I'm writing, 
I'm getting notes. I'm, they've given me some research to do. So I'm focused on that. So it's always a, always creatively have something going on. Somebody contacted me yesterday about one of my paintings. And I was like, I haven't painted really. A, I started a painting earlier this year and then I had to put it aside because the writing became, you know, something I, I had some, some heat and some people were talking to me about some of the script and I've just gotten busy with that. And then I've got another couple of scripts that I have to read that people have sent me that I need to get to. And I had a little bit of a, a little health theme a few weeks ago that kind of freaked me out, but everything's good now. Um, so, you know, I just, you know, I got to keep busy. I got to keep, keep, uh, keep, keep rolling. Yeah. I, um, nobody's going to do it for me. I know that Nobody's going to do it for me. I got to do it myself. Yes. Yes. Somewhere in the past um, couple weeks here, I came across that what you just said about nobody's gonna nobody's coming to save you. Nothing. No one. No one. They're gonna be. They're gonna be saving themselves. Right. And you can wait your whole life. And some people probably do where the where they have that mindset. They may not realize that's the mindset, but. Nobody is com- coming to save you. Nobody's changing the direction of your life for you. Nobody's going to help you get back in the gym except for yeah. yourself. And, and, you, you, and I, and I saw you got to embrace the suck. Right. Absolutely. And you know I'm all, I've been there <laughs> and done that when it comes to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you were talking about being on set and stuff like that, and it, and it just reminded me of, the. you know, I think about, I'll be on set and somebody complains about it's hot. We've been out here. First world problems, baby. First world problems. Yeah. I say, man, y'all, this is every, it doesn't matter what I am on set for. I absolutely love being there. It is, it is so fun. It is so unique. It is, it's always unique in its own way, no matter how big or small it is. It's always an adventure to me. And it always, I'm always excited to be there, no matter how miserable it might seem. Because I've been in way worse situations in my life. And sometimes I'll bring up an example. And, and I'll be like, well, it could be worse. You could be blah, 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 blah in Afghanistan or something. And <laughs> they're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah you could be huffing it up a side of a mountain with an 80-pound rock on your back in 125-degree right. weather. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ho- hoping, that you don't, hoping that you don't step on it something. It goes boom. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, absolutely, man. I, I agree with you 100%. Every day on set is a good day. Um, situation may, be, may not be optimal. Maybe 3 o'clock in the morning and you're freezing your tail off and you're in a tunnel in downtown Atlanta driving, doing a, a car stunt, um, which is it's fun for me. I love it. I just love I love to work. work. I don't care. I don't care about being famous. That's not my jam. Uh, I've got famous friends and I know famous people who are miserable and they've got more money than they know. They could travel anywhere and do anything they want to do right now. And they're miserable. And I, I just love to work. I love to create. I love being around creative people. I love telling stories. And I just, if I could do it every day, uh, I would be the happiest cat on the block. Yeah, I agree with that 100% because I feel I also feel very complete when I am uh, yeah. working and when I am, and, and I think that even with something like uh, the, this tank top Friday podcast, I feel as if I'm working. Well, you are, you're creating content. Maybe 
you know, I'm, I'm all about, you know, I'm no hero, but I, I, you know, my goal is to hopefully be a light to serve others, to help and to, you know, lift people up. And you don't know, there could be somebody that needs to hear something that we're saying today. And I don't know what that is, but it may, you know, compel somebody to, Hey, uh, you know, what? I'm a, I'm an accountant. I hate this job. I want to go try something else. Um, I'm feel like I'm stuck. So I got to get my, you know, lard ass up off the couch and go to the gym, whatever it is. It's, it's one step. It's having discipline is going after it, getting after it every day. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a seven day a week kind of guy. I don't stop. And, you know, occasionally I'll have a client, you know, so I need a coach or taste or whatever. And, uh, you know, I get a call to, Hey, can you come by on Sunday to do this? So, you know, what's it do? And it's like, yeah, let's, let's get it done. Cause I'm exercising my muscle. Even just being a reader and coaching people, I'm exercising my creative muscle and I'm helping somebody hopefully get to their closer to their, their goals, you know? Yeah. I, um, I, you said, you mentioned discipline and, um, that was something I wanted to kind of touch yeah. on it because there's a very big difference between motivation and discipline. And I've been thinking about that recently just for my personal mm -hmm. development because you can you can think and believe that you're motivated to do this, this, or this. And you could be like, oh, today I'm super motivated. But what are you going to do about it? Exactly. And also the discipline to stay consistent is what makes or breaks you. 100%. And, and um, you know, because I am a, I'm a victim of that. And I have been for a lot of my life where I'm, I'm motivated, I'm motivated as hell to do this, to start this new workout plan or to, to submit to some new agencies or to start something, you know, new, pursue voiceover work more, just all examples. But until I actually have the discipline to engage in that and stay constantly engaged in it, you're not doing much. You're, you know, you can be motivated all day long, but you have to have the, you got to push the go button. You got to execute. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to do is putting that, taking that first step in that direction to, to make it happen. But, you know, with this career, I mean, I'm gosh, September, I hate to say this and it's kind of crazy to think because I feel like I'm 35, but it'll be 30 years. I've been in the business of September as a, as a working actor. And, you know, I just, there's no, you know, my, my um my dad was a cop, a career cop, and he thought I was just out of my cotton picking mind for wanting to be an actor. It's like where where do you I mean, are you kidding me? What do you think? Who do you think you are? You know that they make those movies in L.A. and New York and different places around the world, and I, I maybe it's just that small southern small town mindset. But, and I was called a dreamer and, uh, you know, yeah. Okay. May call me a dreamer, but I'm also going to live that dream. And I've been doing, I mean, ever since I booked my first movie in nine or got my, my first movie in 1993, I, 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 I accomplished what I set out to do in 93. I got there. I was, I was on say, I only had one line in that first movie, but everything else has just been you know, icing on top of that cake since. I mean, yes, I had to go back to school after, you know, undergrad. I went to conservatory for three years in New York City, but I learned more and I got better and I, 
I sharpened my 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 craft and got and grew and tried to find the best teachers, the best coaches, the you know work with the best actors in every class I was in because they're not going to lower their self to my level. I got to rise to their level, and you just got and that comes down to discipline. I I moved to New York City and did not know a soul, not one person living in New York City, and I went there just to go back to school to learn this craft that I. So wanted, you know, when I got my first role in a movie, I, I had no business being on that film set, none whatsoever. I didn't even know what an extra was. And so when I decided to, and my, my first real agent set, sent me to New York to go study, he goes, if you want to do this, you got to get some training. And, you know, to New York, I went and I, I applied to the school, got into the school, got there, had to crash in an NYU dorm with a girl I met on the flight to New York. I lived in her dorm room for a week until I found an apartment. And, you know, you just gotta, and maybe I'm just, I was just blissfully blind, but I was going after what I wanted to go after and you can get it done. And, and yeah, now I'm, you know, my dad used to call me a dreamer. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm, I'm a dreamer. Sure. Call me that all day long. I'm a go-getter though, too. And I executed and I got this and it takes discipline to be in this game. I mean, it's just, it's not for the weak. I mean, you get, we get, we, it's like a sausage factory. We, we get grind, ground into the ground, ground into, you know, hamburger meat regularly. Not much, you know, not physically, but you know, you put all this time in these auditions and you prepare and then you hear crickets, you get nothing. Uh, and when you do get that phone call, it's like oh, catching lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have some, I have some, uh, I have some friends or family that has asked here and there about it, and and they're like, "Well, did you hear back about that audition?" I'm like, "You would know. They, uh, you would know. You don't ever. Yep, you would know. And also, they don't ever. They don't tell you." They don't give you notes. They don't, you know, Laura has, Laura has said here and there, she's like, it'd be nice if they would at least like email you and tell you why they didn't pick you. I'm like, yeah, it would be nice because then I could learn from that, but they don't. That's just the nature of the beast. And, and you know, a lot of people have a hard, you know, it, it's, it's can, can be a hard pill to swallow. You know, you do this work and then you get absolutely nothing out of it. And then how long do you do it? How long do you, how, how thick is your skin? I mean, I tell people you got to have the height of an armadillo to be in this business because um you know you, you just you can get road rash all the time and scabs over and it heals and you do it again i just simply um have gotten into a mindset that if i get an audition doesn't matter what it's for i use that mentally as like this is work because it is work and but i but mentally i go uh i don't i don't keep in mind that oh my gosh i've done a hundred auditions in the past uh, you know six months why did i not get one i don't i don't think about that at all i just black that out i don't because if i did and if we if we if anyone did you would you would be miserable and you well, let me let me let me let me throw something onto that into that mix there you have a hundred auditions do you do you keep any kind of spreadsheet or anything i I don't keep a spreadsheet okay. yet, but I constantly look at my okay. auditions on. Well, I, I, I say that because, you know, if you're getting repeat calls from a certain office, that means somebody's trying to find something for you because they like something they see. So, yeah, those all those no's 
not necessarily equal it, yes, but, you know, if you look and kind of calculate who's calling you in and what kind of roles they're calling you in for, it's going to help you with your brand. Um, but it's also showing that somebody in that office has taken a shine to you and they're trying to find something that you're right for. And you got to take all those notes yeah, because it's just getting close. And um, there's a great coach. Uh, he's an audition coach, actually, in Atlanta. Uh, his name is Tim Phillips, and he's been around um, for a long time. And he's very good at what he does. And he's um, he's coached some really uh, Oscar. He's coached some Oscar-winning actors and some some big uh, big names. And uh, he he said, "You're not just auditioning for the audition that you're." in front of right now, you're auditioning five for five projects from now, you know, you're building on, you're building on the paths or, or, you know, each audition you're building on it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I, um, I, I've gotten to a point where, uh, I'm just now feeling, uh, comfortable when it comes to the audition mm -hmm. side of things where I'm like, I don't have any, nothing holding me back and and i and and your setup of where you're doing it and the person that you're taping with is is also huge it's not it i did not realize it was as big as it as it is and um i feel very thankful to have a buddy of mine wesley who was previously on the podcast um a, a friend that i met here in hickory who was a very creative dude very smart and he he just enjoys helping me film auditions and, you know, I'll throw him a six pack here and there and stuff like that. And he enjoys doing it because he enjoys yeah. creating and he enjoys just evolving as an, as an artist yeah. in his realm. Um, so, but having that, that, that setup and having the right person to help you, you know, at times it was you for me when yeah. I was in Wilmington. Um, it, it is, it means so much more and it helps with that comfortability when you're like, all right, now I don't have to worry about anything else except for this character right. or this audition itself. Well, yeah, and when you've got your, you know, I've got a very small, tight group, tight-knit group of people I work with, and, you know, Mike Holmes. Um, you know, Mike has been my guy for, gosh, going on 12 years now. We do 90% of our auditions together. Um, and, you know, I, I believe it's iron sharpening iron. You always want to work with somebody whose work you respect and somebody who's going to have a critical eye, but, uh, you know, not going to tear you down at the same time. They can suggest, you know, you, you want somebody that's going to, you know, it's like, yeah, let's do it again. Do it one more time and try this. Or, or you know, and I do that for him and he does that for me. And sometimes, like I had an audition week before last and literally one takes what I gave them. And I went to producers and I didn't get the role, but I got really great feedback from the casting director. Um and it wasn't, it wasn't her call. It was the director's call. They had to go a different direction with the role. Um, but she said, I want to see you. I want to see this guy for all my projects going forward. That's the word I got to, from my agent. So, you know, you just continue to do the work. You just push and you find somebody that's got a critical, a good eye that's going to compliment you. And I'm not, not compliment you, you know, not say, oh, you're a great actor, but, you know, compliment your skill set. You know, that you, you guys are on the same, same wavelength or, you know, someone who's going to, who's got the training under their belt that's going to um, propel you. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to surround yourself sure. with people like that in any, in any realm, right. not just. Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. You always, I mean, I'm, I have mentors to this day, Jim Cody Williams. He's a, uh, an actor in LA and 
we did a movie together back in 05 and he's been like the big brother I never had in my career. And anytime I've ever run up against something in my career that I didn't have a in- instinct for or a direct answer, you know, how am I going to handle this? That's the, that's the first call I make. And he's always led me straight and true. And, um, I, you know, I, I just, I've always been a, a mindset to pay it forward. And, you know, for guys like you and, you know, Mike and, other people that have come along in my life that, you know, I'm a little bit ahead of, I can throw some of my, you know, experience or ne'er say wisdom in your direction to say, Hey, try it this way. This is what worked for me. And that's what Jim always told me. It's like, this is what's worked for me. It doesn't work. You know, no, no two people in this industry have the same path. I know nobody has my path. Um, and you know, so you try things and certain things work for some people and certain things don't work for other people. But, you know, you got to try many things until you figure it out. When you meet someone new and you, and they say, what, you know, what do you do? Or, you know, you're having a conversation, you yeah. tell them acting. I tell them I work in the entertainment industry. I, I, okay. That's actually something that, that's actually something, well, if they ask, um, if they ask uh, questions after that, then, well, okay. I was like, they said, what do you do? Do you work behind the camera or in front of the camera? I was like, well, actually, it depends on the, depends on the show. I've done both, um, but I've you know primarily made my living as an actor for the last 30 years. And then, then, then I get that kind of head tilt to the right or the left. I was like, actor? Really? And it's like I'm the unicorn in the room, and mm-hmm. that's the last place I want to be. I don't want to be the, the seal doing tricks for everybody in the room. Well, act. You know, I was like, no, I don't know. That's not how it goes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm usually, I just wanted to ask that because when I say that, to some, like we, I went to a little social event here in Hickory that um, uh, some friends uh, work for a realty mm. company here and um, I've been helping them with some drone stuff because I'm getting into trying to start my own little yeah. drone gig business and all that. And like I said, always creating stuff. And um, and I, I mentioned to this guy I had just met there that, he said, you know, well, what do you do? Because, you know, we're here to network. I'm like, well, I'm an actor. And they they always do the head yeah. tilt thing. And they always, and then the conversation like stops right there because they don't even know what to ask. You. Yeah. Do you do, do you do theater? And it's like, I can't, I can't afford to do theater. I mean, I, I would love to do theater, but you know, I just, I'm a film and TV guy. It's just where my, and you know, and then film and TV there, you know, there's used to be back in my early days in, L, in the LA days and, I lived in LA in two different periods in my adult life, but you know, there was a, the film bucket, the TV bucket, and the commercial bucket. And some people get to work in all three of those realms. And some people only get TV and some people only get film and some people only get commercial. There's commercial actors that have had, you know, 30 and 40 and 50, you know, commercials, national commercials, and they've never worked on a TV show or never worked in a feature film. Conversely, there's people that I've, I've I've done one natural commercial in my entire career. I just don't work commercially, but I do work in film and TV pretty regularly. And I found my sweet spot and I kind of know my brand. And that's kind of where I focus my energy. If somebody calls me and says, Hey, I'd love for you to read for this commercial. I was like, okay, I'll look at it. And if I think it makes sense, I'll do it. You know? Yeah. I, um, I, I find that, like we said before, any, any version of, of being able to, to use your creative part of your, your brain and, and, um, and get there is, is worth it to me. Um, I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I'm, uh, I'm not at my, 
I'm not at my peak yet creatively, but I'm, I'm doing multiple things that are helping me to get there and keeping me constantly motivated to get there. Right. As we all should. I think, I think think that's healthy. If you don't, then, you know, good. That's okay. You know, everybody's different, but for, for people like us, I got to grind. I got to grind. The hustle is unceasing. I actually enjoy the grind of having a newborn child. I, I mean, it sounds weird, but the grind of making sure that everything is good to go throughout yeah. the day, it keeps my mind, it keeps my mind active. Oh yeah. Yeah. Multitasking. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the epitome of multitasking, <laughs> which I love doing anyways, because you know, it's just the way that I am. Um, but so, so moving, like moving forward for you, um, are there any are there any big big goals that you're that you're wanting to reach this year for yourself? Even though we're already halfway through the year, um, yeah, nothing for sure. Did the uh, series regular on a top tier, critically acclaimed multi season cable or streaming series? I mean, just to be frank, uh, I love working in feature films as well. Um, I would love to continue to work in film in major supporting roles, but I'm also up for indie films as long as they're uh they're well done the execution is there and you know a lot of that you just kind of gotta hope based on the script that everybody's got their ducks in a row um but you know i i my big goal right now is to get this movie the scripts that i've written uh produced uh it's a feature length thriller and i'm uh i'm actively talking to a few different people about it but um I've got a guy I worked with on a movie a few years ago, I, Tanya, that I'm working with in Atlanta, and he uh, has connected me with some people in L.A., and, you know, things seem to be going in a forward direction, and so far the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive about the script, and, of course, writing is rewriting, so that's I'm in that zone right now where um, next week, after I complete the research I'm doing right now, I'm going to jump back into the script and kind of do some tweaks and I will send those tweaks to Jim in LA and he will put eyes on them. And then he comes back to me with, you know, notes and then we proceed from there. But, um, yeah, it's, um, uh, I've got, you know, I want to, I just want to, I just want to continue to work and, you know, everybody's like, why do you want to work? I mean, I work all the time. Well, like, see, we don't work all the, we don't get the opportunity to work all the time. We don't have, our job is not a nine to five. We get a paycheck every two weeks. You know, we, we may get five or 15 or, you know, more days. If I work 15 days a year or 20 days a year as an actor, man, that's a great year. Uh, several years ago, I did the Fantastic Four, and I was on that movie for three months, letting in back. You know, it's like heaven. You know, I had a car pick me up every morning at the hotel. It took me to set. I jumped in the wardrobe, got my sides, and I was on set 14 hours a day. And... I, not every day was I, did I go to have to be on set? I mean, there was a couple of weeks where I had three days, three day weeks, you know, but most of the time I was there about every day and it was, man, it was just, it was pinch me, sick of pork. I mean, I'm done. It was just awesome. You know, and I made, I made really good money on that job, you know, production wise, but it, it kind of hit the bed and, you know, once it came out in theaters, but, um, there was a lot of things going on behind the scenes that were not fortunate. Um, 
for that project, but that's another story for a different day. But, you know, I just love to work and I just want to work. If I could work every day, I would be happy as a clam. I never knew that you were on. Yeah, I did the, I, now I did the one with Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan. Um, yeah. So, and Tim, Tim Blake Nelson, who I had most of my scenes with. So, yeah. Awesome. Very cool. I'm going to have to, it's, I only watched that once, so I'll have to go back and. Yeah. Well, you can't miss my baldness. <laughs> you do have, you have a very different look from. Yep. Myself. Yep. For sure. <laughs> um, but I like that you mentioned, you mentioned very specific, detailed and and to to me, which you know, just sounds ultimately badass as far as the well, you've got to be specific, man. You can be general, you can be glib all you want to, and those are just like out floating in the ether. But you've got to nail it down. You've got to you've got to be specific with your goals. You've got to know exactly what you want to do. If you don't, you're just kind of, you know. I'm shooting over here. It's, 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 so think of it like this. Um, in, in the beginning of my career, you know, coming out of conservatory and, you know, studying in LA with this coach and going to Beverly Hills Playhouse, I came out of those schools and I was like, I had a shotgun approach. I wanted to play the doctor, the lawyer, the, the crackhead, the, the pimp, the this, the that, everything under the sun. And as I've matured in my career and, and, and kind of seen kind of the kind of roles and doing, you know, self assessments and, being uh, self-analysis and looking at how casting seeing me and the kind of roles I'm reading for, I really honed in on this Cowboys, Cops, and Killers thing because it, it became my brand because that's what I was getting seen for in the law enforcement and the military and the federal agents and the lawyers and occasionally the doc. Those, those kind of like authoritative figures is kind of what I've, I've, I've leaned into and found success playing. So then going, you're going from a shotgun approach to more of a sniper. And, and, and with those, de- you know, snipers, very detailed. And it was going back to what we talked about earlier is, is, is preparing and preparing and preparing. And, and it's like you go, being on the range before deploying, you prepare, you prepare, you prepare, and then you, then your execution is going to be successful. So you've got to always be prepared and you've always kind of got to have a forward looking process of, Hey, this is, this is my brand. These are the kind of roles I play. So I'm going to target, I'm going to be very specific and target this industry for those kind of roles for myself. I'm not going to go and I'm just not tomorrow going to get discovered and be playing the happy dad all the time. I don't look like a happy dad. You know, it's part of my brain. You know, it's my, it's my, I'm not, I'm a, you know, generally happy person, but I'm not going to be the, the, you know, the, the guy on, you know, whatever, this is us. That's just not my, that's just not my type. And you got to know that. And there's some people that can play the happy dad and then turn around and play a, a an FBI agent or whatever, but I, I, I don't fit into that bucket necessarily, you know? Yeah. I'm, um, I had a note the other day from my agent, actually, they called me. I said, Oh, what are they calling me for? I just, you know, send an audition and give me a call immediately after. I'm like, okay. Uh, he says, Clint, I just wanted to let you know that um, it was for a commercial be- and it was for a, a young dad. I'm getting young dad a lot right now. Which is very like, fitting. Very yes, fitting. you are a young dad. Young dad of a young <laughs> son. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. Yep. 
<laughs> um, he said, I can tell that in the past two months, your child has softened you up. And I said, oh, okay, well, thanks. <laughs> and he, what he, but what he meant was that my demeanor in handling that scene for that audition was so much cool. more realistic and and uh i thought that was really cool and because i felt very um relaxed and and re realistic when i when i filmed it so i was like that's yeah cool. art when it takes life so, you know it is crazy how that happens and, it, and that was a, a good thing to hear that he was like i could always tell in the past you're tough guy clint of course you have the the look of that as well and and you and you're always trying to trying to be the dad and be be there as far as um you know a little bit more relaxed and softer but but see you're now now you're there and you you probably have found yep. things if you look inward and kind of you know looking at your son and how you responded to certain things you know you've you've probably grown tremendously in aspects of your lives that you never knew were there until you have that experience of being a father patience mm -hmm. yes and and you know and just yeah, hey and this <laughs> so that's a big one for me I, i've been very impatient um in life but um yeah i mean you you grow and you're going to continue to uh exercise that patience thing for the next 18 or 20 years so you're just you're just at the at the yeah. precipice of it right now my friend mm -hmm. yeah and i I honestly in, enjoy the challenge of that. To be, yeah. to be yeah. completely honest, I want I want to learn to be more patient in life because I have been a victim of that as well for most. And you're gonna be patient with yourself. Sorry to step on you. You know, right? Oh no, no, yeah, you have to. And but it's no. not easy. It is not. It is. <laughs> it is not easy. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm finding that. I'm finding that I'm learning. People say you, they learn so much from from their ch from their children, you know, from especially if you're a new parent and all that type of stuff. And I'm finding that it is truly something that I learn something yep. every day. I might have to take I might have to take this extra soothing, meditated, deep breath that day. But at least I did that instead of freaking sure. out or you know allowing allowing you know something else to consume yeah. and get frustrated. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. And I, I honestly, I could, I could never have expected that I would feel the way I feel as a, as a father. Yeah, and sometimes you just got to go in the other room with some dumbbells and work through some quick, like, you know, just give me 10 minutes to get some reps in and just blow off some, you know, but you're blowing it off in a positive way. You're doing something for your body, you know, but you go out there and, you know, yeah. drop and give me 50 push ups real quick. And, you know, now you're back at it and you're got a little bit, got a little bit of an energy buzz in your head and it's like, all right, I can handle anything. Or have you have you done um have you done cold showers or or cold baths? Well, yeah, I have that oh, cold. That's right, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, um, buddy, of mine in Connecticut, uh, actor, comedian, friend of mine. He and I did a little challenge last year during you know still kind of coming off the pandemic, and he's like, "Dude, I need some motivation." He goes, "Let's do a a cold shower challenge for ten days. Take only cold showers." And I got to tell you, man, and I got to jump back into this, but man, it 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 was so invigorating and. I felt like I could, I could accomplish anything after after coming out of that cold shower. It just felt like it was like bring it, bring it the f on, you know. Yeah, the um the cold shower for me 
now because I've been doing the cold plunging that is a lot colder than a cold shower will get. It doesn't even feel that cold anymore. Sure. <laughs> but I, I am on the, the next thing on my radar is to get one of the a little bit more expensive. Uh, there's one that, that a company called Polar Monkey and they're kind of unique and they come with a chill, a, a water chiller that keeps the water, you know, like hottest is like 37. You can get it to like 30, 33 if you put ice in there too. So yeah, right now I'm only doing like, I can only get this thing to, you got to spend so much money yeah. on ice for this thing. And, uh, it's not realistic for summer time. So I'm going to, I'm looking to save and, um, because it is a, a part of my, my daily life now. I love it. It makes me feel so, so, so good mentally. It just, it's like, dude, it, it, I mean, cause if you're sitting in that, if you're sitting in that cold shower or you're sitting in that cold water for two plus minutes, it doesn't, I don't care how long you stay in it, just do two minutes at least. And it, you have to work through that mentally as you're in there because it's not, it's not easy. It's in itself. It sucks. Right. <laughs> yep. Um, I yeah. like that challenge yeah. though. I always have. Um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to cut, we're going to kind of wrap it up here and, um, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to end as okay. I usually end with, um, with the homie of the week, uh, for this week. And the homie of the week for this week is a, is a super, super interesting individual dude named Ted Stern. Um, we were talking about fitness and we were talking about cold plunging and all that involved. And, um, he is the owner of a program called Fit Responder. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's if you haven't, um, give it a, give it a look on Instagram and on on social media. His um his his thing is that they mostly coach coach first responders, and he he generates custom. God bless them, them because but we need more of those. I mean, yeah, I see some of these ambulance drivers and even cops that are just God, push you use your table muscles and push yourself away from the table, dude. Yeah, yeah, because that is he. He found he found his his niche with that, and uh, he was a police officer himself, and decided to retire and take this on full time. And I met him through some friends. A friend of mine is a is a trainer under him that I met here, CrossFit dude. Uh, his name is Tanner Starnes. He was on he was on a previous episode of uh, Tank Top Friday, and um, he's just he. So he's a business owner. He's he's a grind grind every day type of guy. Um, and and he the 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 fact that he's able to do that with something that he's so passionate and, and joyous about is even, you know, I mean, it speaks, speaks wonders. Um, he's got this crazy, you think I've got a mustache. He's got this mustache that you just can't beat. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're going to have to talk about, uh, how he got there because I'm trying to get to that level. <laughs> yeah. My, mine's, mine's coming back right now. Um, <laughs> I threatened my wife last uh, couple of days ago about I, I'm, I've got my head really shaved, really close right now, like number one blade. And I said, I'm doing this for you because she likes the look, the clean look um, until the strike is over. And then I'm I'm growing out the clown hair. She calls it if I grow any hair, she calls it clown hair. And she goes, no, 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 please don't grow the clown hair. I was like, no, I'm growing I'm growing hair. And it's either that or the angry fisherman. And she goes. You mean the beard? Because I grow a mean beard and big stash. She goes, I'd much prefer the angry fisherman than the clown hair. Um, so, you know, when I did a dope sick a couple of years ago, I had a combination of both I had the beard and the hair. And she just, God, it, she she just loathed my look. Um, but anyway, um, it's funny. Yeah, I, I'm all about the big stash, man. I'm I'm all about it. 
Yeah, I'm uh I'm I have been kind of putting off new headshots, not for any particular reason, but um I need to com it, I I go to commit for a month almost uh, for the beard and then I'm like, "No, dude, like I just love having my my yeah. look with the mustache, but I need to commit uh for two or three months to the beard so that I can get some uh, up-to-date headshots with a full beard, which I have none of because I look like a yeah, yeah, I do too. Um, uh, yeah, can it can be scary? I look pit, I look pissed all the time. I look even more like I just uh, it's not my personality at all. I I just look yeah, I look that way, which is something that I think that I need to really like when I did six mm. in Wilmington. I had a I had a short beard um, as a as a you know platoon commander role and all that and sniper spotter and it's like yeah I probably could go really really dive into that that realm and that look a little bit more than I yeah especially with the ink and I mean you know your your real life experience I mean those I could really you know put you on a on a tier with a bunch of people that you know they need those kind of those roles filled, you know, by real, real operators, you know, people yeah. that have been on, yeah. you know, forward operating base. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that with new, uh, some new representation, hopefully, and things like that, I will look to look to access that a little bit more rather than just, you know, cause there's just so much that goes into the simple things that involve yeah. your oh, yeah. overall look, the way that you, you know. come off to others the way that your audition comes off, everything it, before you even think about being... Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, the devil is in the details. You get you get the details correct and you're, you're on your way. And that's something I've taken a lot of pride in. My career is just being very specific. And it just, it really pays off, I think. Yeah, I think being specific about your... Um, as you were saying about your goals, being specific about what you expect out of yourself and involving the discipline um, to to actually, you know, attack that and, and try to really strive to get better. Yeah. better yep. every, day. every day. And that's where it's at. Well, I appreciate you being on and um, we'll most... Will most definitely do. Yeah, I would love to. And you know, anytime you're down this way, uh, hit me up. I'd love to uh, grab a cup of Joe, hang out, meet the baby, all those things. Oh, there right on. There's... Um, okay, yeah, I think yeah. I'm around. But yeah, let me know. Um, yeah, yeah. So well, I'm there. Uh, we're there Thursday and uh, Friday, free, pretty much all oh, day. I'm gonna right. figure something out. All right. Well, I appreciate you ha uh, being. Thanks for having me. It's been a it's been a fun time. I look forward to uh, to having you on again sometime okay. probably later this year, and um, and diving diving into some. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, we will see you next Friday, and until then, stay motivated, and uh, just make sure you wear a tank top.